Hello and welcome to the Shape of Work, a podcast series by Springworks. My name is Anoop and I am your host. Each week we'll be talking to top people managers across the world on the future of work and how it's shaping our workplace. So sit back and get ready to find out more from these movers and shakers as we have a no holds barred anything goes conversation with them about their journey, their insights, their thoughts, and most importantly their ideas and vision for the workplace of the future. Join in on the conversation. Leave a comment and don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Hello and welcome everyone to the Shape of Work podcast. Today we have with us Divya Jain, the co-founder of Seco. Hi Divya, how are you doing today? Hi Ashi, doing really well. Excited to be on the podcast. Looking forward to our conversation. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us. So to set the context for today's conversation, can you tell our listeners a bit about yourself, your career journey up till now? Okay, great. Um so Ashi I'm Divya Jain I am the co-founder of a startup called Seco. Seco uh, is an upskilling platform where we are essentially targeting at graduates and early career professionals. Uh what we are looking at doing is connecting them with real world skills that they need to not just get their first job but advance in that job and make careers from themselves. We're very closely with working with industry to identify these skills. uh and then of course uh, offer them digitally through our app and through our programs uh to our students uh for me personally i've been in this space for the past 15 years um i born and brought up in delhi i graduated from the university of cambridge i worked in consulting and i started working in my family business uh in the early 2000s and at that point of time i realized that there was a huge mismatch between what the graduates we were getting and uh the skills that were actually required for work we're a large logistics company and that's the time where i launched my first company uh safe educate where we were primarily looking at developing logistics and supply chain skills in this uh, past decade i worked with government uh with the national skill development corporation to set up policy to set up frameworks on how skilling should be thought of you know we have always created a uh, plain vanilla ba or ba degrees uh, with, right. with very little thought in terms of what that really entails in the future of work and in the past 20 years as we can see work has completely transformed itself so you know creating structures and basically worked a lot in terms of policy in creating the nep structure which is now being used by universities for skilling So the idea is why you're studying why you're in college why you're doing a graduation degree can you be learning skill sets that are very industry relevant so if you're doing supply chain can you be learning specific uh, roles that a manager needs to know uh, systems that you're going to use in your place of work uh, we're working with large healthcare companies to do this we're working in uh, fields like digital analytics and product management um, but uh, the big takeaway is how do you keep it relevant and to the point Right. Um I was running 150 schools at Safe Educate where we were training 50,000 of these young girls and boys uh, for skills and you know to be trained in supply chain and logistics. Uh post covid we found that there's been a change in education per se. Uh, yes. and that really you know gave uh, us me the world the opportunity to launch Seco was you know can you do this on a digital platform? that allows you to do it at scale uh, and also it's a platform where you can bring in industry mentors as well as industry uh, to hire directly the trained talent that that you're creating and developing 
Uh, wonderful. You have spent a long time uh, invariably at the highest level corporate executive at various companies. I'm sure our conversation will be filled with insights from your vast experience. So moving on, my first question to you is, today organizations are reimagining almost all aspects of work and are looking at employee health holistically to better support their workforce. So how can they incorporate design features and amenities to promote well-being at the workplace? Right. Uh, I love this question and I feel like uh, this is a question that has become so much more relevant in the past two years. Uh, you know, I think COVID uh, pushed us into our homes. So pre-2019, uh, home was where health was and life was and wellness was and corporate was where work was and where, and you know, and there was there was a sharp distinction between the two. Uh, you know, but now suddenly Zoom meetings were happening in your bedrooms, in your living rooms, you had your kids, your wives. So at some point, uh, life has come together. And that really has transformed uh, the way we work and the way corporates think about work. Uh, at, you know, and, and then you realize that, you know, work needs to go on irrespective of the fact that you're in your houses. Uh, similarly, life needs to go on even if you're sort of in your homes. Uh, so I think employee wellness is definitely a huge thing for every corporate, every company. They realize that, um, you know, I realize that I, your companies are actually at the end of the day run by the people who are uh, who are a part of your workforce. So certain things in terms of design is and a big question mark at this point is, of course, hybrid workplaces. Uh, how much is it okay? How much is it not? So at some point, uh, that obviously allows for a lot of flexibility, which allows for a lot of uh, women specifically to be a part of the workforce where they couldn't have been. Um, but at the same time, I think wellness initiatives where uh, mental health is a huge part of what you're doing and, and it's recognized uh, as such. So whether it's giving access to, say, medical counselors, whether uh, at SQL we, we have a free gym membership for every uh, employee that we have. Um, I mean, we're, we're pretty, I think, uh, startup at SQL We actually have, uh, you know, living pods where we literally got just beanbags and more comfortable positions to work in. So I think giving that comfort of saying that you don't have to be uh, in a particular stressed out space to be productive is very, very important. Um, and to allow for the fact that life and work uh, coexist is, is definitely one of the key features when you're looking at uh, employee well-being and wellness. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so what would you say are the focus areas when it comes to the well-being of employees? Uh, what are some of the areas that you are focusing on? So I think when it comes to the well-being of uh, employees, the first thing for us and for me is uh, their career trajectory. Uh, you know, gone are those days where you someone comes with you and they're there with you for life, even though I have some of my oldest employees still working with us. I think uh, this idea of a growth mindset is incredibly important. Uh, right. So I think that's one of the first things that we are very concerned about is what is the career trajectory of someone who's going to come and work with you, whether it's an intern, whether uh, it's it's uh, it's a consultant, if it's someone coming in at a, uh, whether it's their first job or the second job, uh, what is that growth part uh, and what does that look like? Uh, so I think we spend a lot of time in terms of uh, being able to define that career roadmap, giving them the ability to experience different areas, uh, not uh, you know, which is maybe beyond 
their purview of work. So if we have, say, a content or a curriculum team, very often we have cross-functional teams where we'll expose them to different profiles. It could be selling, it could be HR. So how do you kind of also multi-skill yourself across the other board? Uh, and of course, there'll be the other intangibles like, you know, leave. Um, I'm actually okay with, uh, I've actually okay with the menstrual leave for women, uh, uh, you know, and you know, time off depending on what they need, not just for their families or for themselves personally is it, something that we love concentrating on. But I, if I had to come back, I'd, I'd come back to the first one. At the end of the day, where are you growing? And can you work back with your, uh, with the people who work with you to really own uh, their journey as much as uh, they they own their journey with you and your company? Right. Interesting. Uh, with all that the organizations are doing for employee well-being, have you noticed outcomes of a positive employee experience in terms of business, employee satisfaction and work culture? Uh, absolutely. I think, um, so, you know, I was just studying, uh, I'd taken some time off to uh, do a program. I was at the Harvard Business School. Wow. They'd run a program called OPM, uh, which is an owner's pro- manager's program. And one of the big things that I took away from that was, uh, you know, between execution and strategy, so medium execution beats excellent strategy. So, you know, you need strategy, but what you need is better execution. But culture eats execution and strategy for breakfast. So I think employee culture is, or the culture of your organization is literally one of the most important things. And the minute you start kind of looking after employee well-being or happiness, uh, of course, you know, being a startup, we, we you know, people are, uh, they own part of the company and they have ESOPs, et cetera. So there's a sense of ownership. But the minute you have that kind of well-being uh, and happiness and positive mind space uh, in the organization, we actually see uh, customers are happy, students are happier because they will take that extra initiative to go that extra mile uh, to make sure that the, uh, you know, if, if a student has come on on CECO and uh, they need help with a support. Like we had a product manager who would sit and counsel product enthusiasts for the interviews after work hours, you know, just because he felt so passionately about what we were doing and how. Interesting. Yeah. So what practices at CECO have had the significant impact on employee experience? Any specific guidance you would like to elaborate on how organizations can improve employee experience? Absolutely. Uh, so, I mean, I, I'll, I'll take four or five of them. Uh, we very we have a very strongly defined set of values that we believe at CQO. Uh, so having a group mindset, you know, being an A team, creating a wow experience for uh, our employees. And these are not just uh, posters. We have some cool posters, but these are not just posters right. that we follow. We actually uh, we actually believe in them. Uh, so one of the first things we do in um, when an employee joins is we do have an induction where we'll run them through a lot of, uh, you know, what is the mindset? Uh, what are the values that are important for us? Uh, you know, so it's always, you know, people over money or, you know, product over profit. So, uh, you know, these are the things that it, it's really important to get this right from the first uh, work from, from you know, get-go. Uh, so we spend a lot of time in terms of uh, letting people know about, about what, what is important to us. Uh, we do uh, monthly town halls 
where we're incredibly transparent and we talk about everything and anything. So everything about the fundraise and also about the fact that we are not going to go ahead with the fundraise and how does that impact us? What, what is the run? incredible transparency uh, with, with with what's happening and what's not? I'll tell you another interesting practice. We just rolled out the leaf policy. Uh, the leaf policy was actually uh, created by the entire leadership team. So while the founders put it together, we actually have a 10 person uh, leadership team who ratified and you know agreed to it or not uh, in terms of what they would like in it uh, versus not. So it's a very uh, democratically run organization. Uh, we also have uh, you know open seating. So no one gets cabins, no one has bigger seats, no one has bigger chairs. Um, and everyone is encouraged to sort of come up and ask questions, uh, take initiative and rewarded for that. So it doesn't matter if you're here for five days, 15 days, uh, we actually welcome, uh, you know, people asking questions. And I'll be honest, a lot of times you're answering a lot of questions that you just don't want to answer. Uh, but I think the uh, overall buy-in that we end up getting from 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 our uh, wonderful Seiko eyes, and I calling them, is incredible. So we have little superheroes that we give out every month. Uh, no. You know, from an Iron Man to a Hulk in terms okay. of, you know, who's gone yeah. above and beyond. That, uh, we also have a basketball fun, yeah. court. Yeah, okay. we also have a basketball court. We have a tiki table and the product team's been promised a PS4 if they deliver on their targets. Okay. So uh, <laughs> it's, it's a pretty fun place to work at. I'm sure the team must be having fun. Companies often think the employee experience strategy is a tech strategy. Yes, technology is important, but culture is important too. What is your take on that? Uh, completely agree with you. Uh, I think the employee experience strategy uh, is definitely a lot more about the culture uh, versus simply technology. Uh, I think technology is a great tool for us to implement it. So to ensure uh, that your basics are being met, to ensure that, you know, whether your payrolling is in place or whether, you know, uh, the uh, an employee is, is connected, in touch, in line. Uh, but ultimately, I think the experience is something that is created by the leadership. Uh, and uh, ultimately, it's about uh, creating that vision and having people understand the why behind what they're doing. Uh, so if they're part of the sales team, if they're part of the operations team, what is the larger vision uh, that everyone is working at and trying to create? And if you can really own that uh, and create transparency in, in terms of how people work uh, and are accountable to each other, and I know 360 degrees feedback is something that uh, we as a culture are maybe not uh, as uh, ready to accept yet, but uh, being accountable and for the leadership to be accountable uh, to the people who work with them, I think is, I think is incredibly important. And, and for us, one of the winning strategies uh, to create a fantastic team. Right. Absolutely. Uh, I think with this one, uh, we have come to the end of the conversation. Uh, thank you so much, Divya. We are really happy to have you. Thank you. It was a pleasure. Love talking to you. Thank you so much. Thank you.